Tonight on Huckabee, North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, political commentator and lobbyist Monica Crowley, comical nonsense from Chad Thornsberry, and Australian worship sensation Taya. That's Trey Corley of the Music City Connection. And I'm your announcer, Keith Bilbrey. Welcome, everybody. We've got a great studio audience. By the way, if you notice, I'm wearing pink. October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so I'm showing my solidarity with all the women of America and praying that one day there will be no need to have Breast Cancer Awareness Month because we will eliminate it from our entire world. Wouldn't that be a lovely thing to happen? Uh, let me talk birthdays a minute because Joe Biden has one coming up next month. He's going to be 80 years old. Now, he says he's going to run again for president when he will be pushing 82. Let me be clear. It is not his age that so much concerns me. I mean, I know some folks who are his age, and they seem to be getting along quite well. But then again, they aren't walking around with the nuclear launch codes and talking about Armageddon at a Democrat fundraiser. And by the way, they still make sense when they talk. To quote Joe Biden, not a joke, not a joke. I mean, even the prima donna primping princes and princesses of the D.C. press corps are starting to demand information about the president's mental acuity after he followed a video tribute to recently deceased Congresswoman Jackie Walorski with this unforgettable moment. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was going to be here. Yeah, there was a reason she wasn't there, Joe. She died. And uh, what really was tragic was they had just shown a video, a tribute to her. He had just seen it. And then he looks around and says, uh, where's Jackie? Is she here? I, I don't guess she's here. Look, sometimes he just slurs through a sentence, and it makes no sense whatsoever. Roll the tape. Of Putin's kleptocracy. Uh, uh, yeah. I was going to uh, put him... Two words, made in America. For two reasons. One, to... What do you do? There you are. I mean, concerns about his cognitive ability as well as his simple honesty, well, arise when he starts telling stories as if he's Forrest Gump, showing up in every moment of American history, as if he was really there. I begin to think that he's really not going to Rehoboth Beach in Delaware every weekend. He's going to Fantasy Island to dream up new things that he remembers doing. You know, like he remembers driving an 18-wheel truck, getting three college degrees and graduating first in his class in law school on full scholarship, or being raised by Puerto Ricans in his hometown, <laughs> having his house catch on fire, killing nearly two firemen, are spending more time in a synagogue than local Jews, are having marched in civil rights and getting arrested for it several times, saying his son Bo dying in Iraq, 
are when he talked about how he rode with his mother on an Amtrak train, even though it was six years after she died, <laughs> are getting into a chain fight at a swimming pool with some dude named Corn Pop. <laughs> you see, the problem is none of that, none of it ever happened. There is no record of any of it. I mean, even the Washington Post did an article pointing out that Joe's been serving more Whoppers than Burger King, folks. <laughs> and after watching him shuffle from the podium after he speaks, I mean, it's truly sad. He seems to be completely lost and looking for someone to come and lead him away after he shakes hands with the ghost who always shows up to hear him. So what if he really is addled? Hey, forget the re-election run. What if one day he just wanders off the stage and doesn't come back? <laughs> Could happen. Hey, but before you get too excited about that, then Vice President Kamala Harris would become president. Now, imagine our being faced with a potential nuclear war, and then her speech to the nation goes something like this. I love Venn diagrams, so I just do. Whenever you're dealing with conflict, pull out a Venn diagram, right? And so, you know, the three circles. Yeah, we know all about those three circles. <laughs> yeah. You know, we are less than a month from midterm elections. And we don't get to pick a new president next month, but we do get to pick a new House and Senate. And we might want to make sure that there is at least a speed bump or a roadblock to having these two pushing stuff through a highly partisan and clearly incompetent Congress. Now, I'm going to try to do something tonight. I want to emulate the current White House team that, quite frankly, scare the daylights out of every thinking person. So let me give the speech as if we might hear it from one of them. We must all vote because voting is what we do when we vote. <laughs> it's an election and we have elections because it's how we vote in the election. And that is important for our children, the children of our future, because they are our children. And they are our future. In 2018, Mark Robinson made a speech at a city council meeting that changed his life. The video of that speech in Greensboro, North Carolina has been viewed more than 200 million times online. And it just happened to propel Mark into politics. Two years later, he was elected the Lieutenant Governor of the state of North Carolina. He says now we are the majority and that's the title of his brand new book, and we're so happy to have him back with us tonight. Would you please welcome to the show, Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of North Carolina.
Welcome back, my friend. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You talk about in this book, and it's so powerful. It's a great American story. You grew up in a rat-infested home in Greensboro, North Carolina. Life wasn't easy for you. Mm -hmm. You're now the lieutenant governor of the state. A lot of people believe you'll be the next governor of North Carolina. I would not be surprised. I'd be surprised if you weren't. So what is it about Mark Robinson that made all of this journey and it happened? Well, I think number, the number one thing is the fact that I was introduced at an early age uh, to my faith through mm -hmm. my mother. Uh, faith is what's got us through. I tell people, folks don't believe this is still the greatest uh, country on earth. And I've got a story to tell them because uh, my story is only possible in America and with God. Mm. And so it's the, it's the faith factor that really is what put us, put us over God's feet. I know that you're one of the most absolute dynamic speakers I've ever heard. But God has given you an ability to communicate in such a way, and it all started at that city council meeting. Did you plan that it would be that much of an impact when you went and spoke? Absolutely not. And in fact, when I went to that meeting, I didn't plan on speaking at all. Uh, I got down to that meeting uh, and felt compelled to go because I had done a lot of politics and on social media. And I said, you know, here's a chance to go down and be seen in person, to stand up for what you believe in. And so I went down and my intention was to support the people who I knew would be there speaking, uh, for speaking up for things that I believed in. But when I got there and I heard some of the things that I heard, I just, honestly, I got madder and madder. And I just said, I've got to say something. And I, the, the rest, as they say, is, uh, is history. At, at what point did it become uh, obvious that God might be saying, hey, Mark, there may be an opportunity for you to run for office? And I'm sure there may have been in your mind, I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if there was a moment when that happened, but I do remember the moment it hit me how life-changing this had been. And this is, uh, I can't remember, it may be early 2019, hmm. I had been invited to go to Nuremberg, Germany uh, by a gun rights group in Europe. And as I was leaving Nuremberg, uh, I was looking out the window at the mountains in the distance and thinking, uh, I've come all this way and now God has led me all the way to Nuremberg, Germany on this journey. This is not by happenstance. Yeah. This is an on purpose. This is where God wants me. He wants me in this arena uh, to share a word that's going to inspire people to keep the rights that he has given them. Uh, and it's led me all the way over here to a foreign country. So it was at that moment that I knew that God was leading me in the direction that he wanted me to be in. Your book is titled, We Are the Majority. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would say, oh, no, 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 you, you, you conservatives and pro-life people and pro-Second Amendment people, uh, you, you really are out there on the extreme. You're on the edge. You don't think that. Absolutely not. And when I say we are the majority, I'm not just talking about the people who think like me. I'm talking about all the Americans in all the Americans in this country who get up every day, go to work, work hard for their families, uh, play fair, play by the rules, and want want to keep and maintain their rights and want to be treated fairly. That's the majority in this country. The vast majority of, of people in this country, they want to do the right thing and they want the right thing done. No matter what party they may be a part of or, or whether they're political or apolitical, it doesn't matter. I'm talking about that group of Americans that want to do it right and do it right themselves. You know, Governor, I think that there are a lot of people who can relate to you as a person who has struggled 
uh, you know, you didn't go get a Harvard law degree and uh, hang out your shingle in some law firm. You've worked hard. You've worked like a lot of Americans have had to work, and you bring that to the state capitol every single day. That's got to be important. Absolutely. One of the first questions I was asked when I was running for lieutenant governor, uh, someone asked me, how much political experience do you have? <laughs> My answer was, I have zero political experience, and I don't want any political experience. What I want to do is I want to take the citizenship experience that I have mm. as a North Carolinian and as an American, I want to take that to Raleigh and represent the North Carolinians who have walked the same walk that I've walked because I, I understand what they've gone through. I understand what they are because I've been there and I don't ever want to forget that. I don't want to be that person that has a political career. I want to be that uh, citizen servant who is there to serve the people who elected them. And we want to keep that perspective always. What a novel idea a representative form of government with people who actually represent real people. Absolutely. There's no wonder why you have become one of the most popular political figures in the country. I will predict that this book, We Are the Majority, will be a runaway bestseller. It should be. Uh, it is your story, but it's also the story of every American who just loves this country and loves the basic uh, constitutional privileges that we have. That's right. Anxious to see where God is going to take you, wherever the top is. I have a feeling that's where you're headed. Yes, sir. Thank but, you. But uh, we're so glad to have you back. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me back. It's been a pleasure. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Now, our audience can pick up the book, We Are the Majority. It's available wherever books are sold. And you can also keep up with the Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina online. We have all the links for you to do that at Huckabee.tv. We have a great show lined up for you. I mean, we really do. And I'm going to let Keith Bilbrey tell you about it right now. Well, comedian Chad Thornsberry and Christian music superstar Taya join Mike tonight on Huckabee. and sign up for his free newsletter and follow at GovMikeHuckabee on Twitter. I don't know if you recognize that song, but I certainly did. It's from Led Zeppelin called The Immigrant Song, 1967. Did you remember that? Wow, the 67 on it. But we had Mark Farnan right here on this show. Yes, we did. Led great. Zeppelin, what a great band. And you know what? They play it about as well as Led Zeppelin. That's Trey Corley in the Music City Connection. There you go. Well, from candy diets to bumper car drive-throughs, we got the news that's going to leave a weird taste in your mouth on In Case You Missed It. I know it's hard to find workers these days, but here is a sweet gig that people might actually want to take. An online candy store called the Candy Funhouse has advertised for a CCO. Hmm. That is a chief candy officer, and the job is to taste test new candy. I want Ooh. that job. How cool is Sign that? Sign me up. I'm in. Hey, they'll pay you to just stay home all day and eat candy. I mean, that's what today's college graduates think all jobs should be like, right? Yeah, now, sure. Here's what's going to blow you away. 
It pays up to $78,000 a year. To taste candy. To taste candy. By the way, I assume that does include dental. Yeah. <laughs> Probably so. Anyway, next, police in Vero Beach, California, uh, Vero Beach, Florida, rather, were called to a McDonald's. That's where a 69-year-old man was playing bumper cars in the drive-through line. Oh. A deputy said that the breath of the man smelled of alcohol, his eyes were red, his speech was slurred, and there was a bottle of Jim Beam on the seat next to him. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, the cop asked, how you feeling, sir? And the man replied, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> Well, they can't charge him with perjury, that's for no, sure. That's but in a brilliant display of legal knowledge, the man denied that he had been drinking while driving. He said he only drank at stop signs and red lights. Well, there you go. Boy, he sure outfoxed them, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> He's a lawyer, no yeah. doubt. By the way, he did admit to taking prescription medication before he started drinking. I kind of predict that the only way that he's going to avoid jail is if his dad is Joe Biden. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Woo! Mm. Yeah, I think the audience is uh, mixed on that one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, if you think that's odd, let's stay in Florida. There's a man in Ocala, Florida, arrested for allegedly stealing a pickup truck and trying to break into the Patrick Space Force base. But he had a good reason, Keith. Uh-huh. He said the voice of President Biden inside his head told him to go and warn the government about a battle between aliens and Chinese dragons. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Look, I know what you're thinking. Uh, and no, it was not Hunter Biden. <laughs> but I got to admit, that does sound like something that Joe Biden would say when he goes off the teleprompter, yeah. doesn't it? Could be. Could, Could be, be. Yeah. yeah. All right, finally, our video of the week. We offer our congratulations to seven-year-old Deshna Nahar of India. She set a new Guinness World Record by roller skating underneath 20 parked cars in just oh under goodness. 14 seconds. Look at that. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. By the way, it's a good thing that none of those cars were lowriders. <laughs> by the way, this is called limbo skating. She got all the way down to the ground by stretching her legs out horizontally in the opposite direction. Oh. Keith, you think you could do that? Well, I, I, yeah, I, no doubt I can stretch my legs like that, yeah. but I, I just could never get up again. That's, that'd be the yeah, problem. Yeah, it'd be all the King's horses and all yeah. the King's men can never put Keith back together. That's, that's right. <laughs> they now carry get down, up. now get back up. All right, we need four buckets over here to get Keith. <laughs> well, anyway, that's the hard part. Deshna actually set two New World Records, one for skating under the 20 cars the fastest, and one for sinking even lower than the January 6th committee. Yeah. Whoa! He did it. <laughs> All right, before you start asking, how low can he go? I'll end this bit, but just remember, until next time, we read the news. Well, Mike talks with Rabbi Jason Sobel about his new TBN series, Mysteries of the Messiah. It's just ahead on Huckabee.
And welcome back. On October the 19th, a great new series premieres right here on TBN. It's called Mysteries of the Messiah. Its goal is to show us how Christ the Messiah is woven throughout the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's really a fascinating series that even established Bible scholars are going to learn from. Earlier this week, I spoke to its host, best-selling author and spiritual advisor, Rabbi Jason Sobel, about how he accomplished that goal in this new series. What are some of the mysteries of the Messiah we're going to learn about? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into all sorts of things. We're going to get into things like, you know, why did Jesus, you know, have to die on a cross, for example? It goes all the way back to the beginning of creation. Sin entered the world when the first man and the woman stole from the tree. God put back on the tree for you and me to make a repair for that sin. Jesus had a crown of thorns on his head. Because what's the curse of creation? The ground would produce thorns and thistles. He's literally taking the curse of creation on his head to reverse it and to restore the blessing. We get into things like, uh, why did Jesus say to Peter, you have to forgive 70 times 7, 490 of all the numbers he could have chose? What's significant about that number? How does it tie to Christmas and Bethlehem and the nativity? We're going to get into all that. (laughs) You come at this from the background of being a, a rabbi, you certainly uh, understand the Old Testament, but as a Messianic believer, you embrace Yeshua, Jesus Christ, as the uh, Messiah. So you're able to take everything from Genesis to the end of Revelation, weave it together and say, hey, this was all done with uh, a very, very godly purpose in mind. So I think that's going to be the perspective that people will find just riveting. Yeah, I I believe so. I hope so. I mean, I think we want people to have kind of that road to Emmaus experience where Jesus opened the eyes of his disciples and showed how everything in the law, the writings and the prophets, you know, pointed to him. And that's kind of, you know, what we do. And I believe that when you see how it is all so incredibly intricately woven together and you see how God was in the details is so significant because so many people question the scriptures today. Is it really from God? Can it be trusted? But when you see how it all fits together, it's undeniable. No human being uh, could have come up with this on their own. But I also think there's a sense in which it gives hope because as you see God in the intricate details of the scriptures, fulfilling his promises and prophecies, you can be sure that God will be faithful in that same way to you as well. What? great Jewish truth do Christians need to understand? And what great Christian truth do Jewish people need to understand? On a basic level, that one of the things we do in the book and in the, in, in, in the TV series, we open up by talking, what is the job description of the Messiah? I mean, Jewish people have been waiting thousands of years for the coming of the Messiah. There's hundreds of prophecies in the Hebrew scriptures in what Christians call the Old Testament. And we show how in this series, how there's only one person that could have fulfilled that job description of the Messiah. You know, for myself, one of the things that happened to me when I was on my spiritual journey is a friend called me up on the telephone. He said, Jason, could you tell the difference between the Old and the New Testament? You went to Hebrew school. I'm like, sure. 
And he read me, he was bruised for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, by his stripes were healed. He said, Jason older knew. He said, that's Jesus. It's the New Testament. He said, no, that's Isaiah 53, the Jewish prophet speaking about the suffering and rejection of the Messiah 700 years before he walked the face of the earth. And we're going to get into that in this series and show how all these things point to him as the Messiah. And I think for, for Christians, I think, you know, what's part of what's going to be so significant uh, for them is to see the Bible in high definition. You know, I'll never forget. I went out one time before the Super Bowl, bought a high definition television. Everyone said, it's going to change the way you see the game. I'm like, this isn't so great. At the end of the game, I had a revelation. The high definition channels were the higher channels. I watched the whole game in standard definition. When I saw it in high definition, I said, this makes a difference. That's how people are going to see the scriptures when they watch the series. And the series is called Mysteries of the Messiah with Rabbi Jason Sobel. It premieres right here on TBN October the 19th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to Huckabee.tv. We'll give you more information to make sure that you watch it. Right now, Keith Bilbrey, he's going to solve a mystery, the mystery of what is coming up on this show. Well, Mike talks midterm politics with Monica Crowley. Then get ready to laugh with comedian Chad Thornsberry on Huckabee. I am so thankful for incredibly swift response by Samaritan's Purse in bringing help, hope, and healing to those who have been devastated by Hurricane Ian. No matter the disaster and no matter where it is, Samaritan's Purse is there in Jesus' name because of the generosity of folks like you. My wife, Janet, has been working in Kentucky the past two weeks, all the way from the floods that happened back in July. Samaritan's Purse goes and stays until the job is done. Now, right now, they need volunteers and they need donations. I hope you'll visit the Samaritan's Purse website or call them today and consider giving a financial gift to keep their great work going or sign up to be a volunteer. Thank you and God bless. Well, Monica Crowley served as Assistant Secretary of the Treasury in the Trump administration. She was Foreign Policy Assistant to President Richard Nixon, and she's also a best-selling author and political commentator. These days, she hosts the incredibly popular Monica Crowley podcast, giving her insights and analysis on all the current events of the day. Would you please welcome back one of our favorites, Monica Crowley. It's so good to have you back, Monica. Oh, it's always such a joy to join you, Governor. You know, I've got a million things to talk about with you because I want to get right to it. Midterms are coming up. Um, a lot of people think it's going to be pretty bad for the Democrats. Is that your assessment? I am increasingly optimistic that it is going to be a pretty good night for Republicans. And at the risk of jinxing all yeah. of this, <laughs> um, it does look like the trend lines when you look at the poll numbers and the average of polling, it does look like Republicans across the country are gaining a lot of traction with voters now that voters are really paying close attention to the races and the issues that really matter to them. The economy has not gotten better. It's gotten worse. And it's hitting every single family. I don't care what their politics are. Uh, there, there seems to always be just before an election what we call the momentum, the big mo. And it does not seem to be going the way 
of the party of Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Joe Biden. D does that kind of give you that sense that th that's why things are turning as they are? Yeah, I mean, look, the Democrats have had unified control in Washington, D.C. since January of 2021. They've held the presidency, the Senate, and the House. And the American people are taking a look at what they have done with that unified power over the last two years, and they see an historic catastrophe in this country in every direction, whether it's the economy with skyrocketing inflation, slow to stagnant growth, uh, gas prices off the charts where the average American can no longer really afford to live. The cost of living crisis is affecting every single American. The founding fathers, in all of their wisdom, governor, set up a system that is, it's adversarial, but it's based on checks and balances. And for the last two years, the Democrats have had no checks and balances on them, and the country is going off a cliff as a result. So I think a lot of people have made the calculation like, okay, we're gonna hand some power back over to the Republicans, even just as a check or balance. And the Republicans are saying, look, we're gonna give you pro-growth economic policies like we had under President Trump. We're gonna make your cities and communities safer to the extent that we can. Something big happened this week. Tulsi Gabbard, she was formerly not just a Democratic Congresswoman. She's got some fans here in the audience. Yep. She's been on our show before. But she broke from her party and said, I will no longer be a Democrat. And she was very explicitly clear as to why. How, how big a deal was that, that she left and did it very publicly? It, it is a really big deal. And I did a whole monologue on my podcast about this recently um, as well, because I think it's a leading indicator for what we have seen over the last couple of years, but which is really gaining a lot of acceleration now, which is that there are so many people in the Democrats' core constituencies, Latinos, Blacks, women, younger voters that are hemorrhaging away from the Democratic Party for a lot of different reasons. But Tulsi Gabbard, she is a woman. She is a military veteran. She's an extraordinarily smart person. Yes. And in many ways, Governor, a classical liberal. Yeah. And she is saying, look, I have not left the Democratic Party. Democratic Party left me a long time ago when it decided to become a neo-Marxist party and engage in this ideological jihad to transform the country into this, this neo-communist kind of system. I don't want any part of that. And by the way, Tulsi Gabbard is going to be here next week in our theater on our show. We'll have a chance to chat with her. That's I'm great. looking forward to doing that. That's great. Um, I want to talk about some of the races that are really critical. You live in New York. The race for governor between Kathy Hochul, who is the uh, lieutenant governor, become governor because of Cuomo's resignation, being very seriously challenged by Congressman Lee Zeldin, who is a great guy. Yes. Is it possible? Could he actually win that race? New York polls close on election day at 9 p.m. So once you start seeing some of the polls coming in in New York State as it goes across the country, that will be one of the races that I'm going to watch very closely. The polls do show sort of neck and neck or lead down maybe by four points, which in New York for a Republican is a miracle yeah. in and of itself. But it's not just Lee Zeldin, who's a great friend, and I think he's got a real shot. It's also the attorney general's race in the state of New York. The current AG in New York is Letitia James. Crime in New York is off the charts. Yeah. This is her job, and she's spending the bulk of her time and state resources pursuing Donald Trump. I think a lot of New Yorkers are completely fed up with that, and that race is now even 
with the Republican candidate. So oh. if New York starts to look at around 9, 9.30 at night on election night, like Lee Zeldin and Michael Henry, the AG candidate, that they're winning that race, then you can guarantee it's going to be a red tsunami. That would be an amazing night. We're going to see how your predictions hold up. I always have good confidence in what you're doing. It's always great to have you here. Thank you for joining us once again and look forward to your next trip to Nashville to be with us. It's always a pleasure, Governor. Thank you so much. Thank you. And for our audience, I know you're going to want to check out the Monica Crowley podcast and more. Uh, you can get her wisdom on that podcast, as a lot of Americans are uh, signing up to do. Also, find the links for all of the things that Monica's up to at Huckabee.tv. It'll take you right there to it. Right now, Keith Bilbrey is going to take us right to what else is coming up on the show. Well, up next, the hilarious comedy of Chad Thornsberry. And still to come, Christian music superstar Taya performs on Huckabee. TV and get your Mike Huckabee autograph hats and mugs. Hurry, these sell out fast. Well, we always love it when tonight's comedian can drop by. As both a dad and a former teacher, I mean, he had to have a sense of humor. His latest dry bar comedy special, perfectly titled, Fine Dining and Utter Nonsense. Please welcome back to the show, Chad Thornsberry. Oh, thank you. I, it's great to be here. I appreciate you having me back. Everything. Um, here's what I don't like about Tennessee. I know, I only have six minutes. We just got to jump right into it. I'm sorry, I don't have time to set it up. But I don't, I've been through here in the summer before. And I come from Missouri. I have the same hot summers you guys get. I get it. So I have no issue with your weather. But I've got a big problem with your weather men. Because he talks to me on the TV like I'm an idiot, like I don't understand how things work. Like heat index, like that's just beyond my grasp of understanding. Well, tomorrow, it's going to be 92, but it's going to feel like it's 104. <laughs> then it's 104. <laughs> Anybody really lost on that one, really? That's not that tough to follow. Well, this is what it is. This is what it really is. This, this is what it could be. That doesn't even make sense. That'd be like your wife coming up to be like, hey, tonight, I'm going to give you a back massage, but it's going to feel like I'm kicking you right in the face. <laughs> You ready? No, actually, I'm not. I don't like that balcony up there. I don't care for that. I'm always afraid like I'm working with a balcony like the two old guys from the Muppets are going to be up there screaming things at me. If anybody in the crowd or on TV's watching is under 30, you might want to take a second and have somebody explain that one to you. It's all right. But that's what I enjoy, the, kind of the outdated, old, backwards kind of references. But when nobody gets the reference you're trying to make, you just look like an idiot, you know? 
I play on a slow pitch softball team. We have a guy on our team that will make every obvious reference. Like a guy yaks a home run and goes, oh, Bonds, McGuire, just very obvious things. A fight broke out one time because it's slow pitch softball and that's what happens when you give grown men bats. <laughs> and like a fight broke out and it's like, oh, watch this guy, he's fighting like Jackie Chan. This guy's sneaking up on you like Jackie Chan. This guy's kicking you like Jackie Chan. Like you can't think of one other guy that's your complete frame of reference. But I like the obscure things. I'm walking out of a public library one time and uh, there's a kid sitting down on the sidewalk and he's smoking. As I pass him, he flips a cigarette and it hits me. And so I pick it up and chuck it back at him because I'm a mature adult that way. And he stands up, he's got this long stringy hair. I'm like, you better sit down, Kenny G. And he goes, who's Kenny G? I'm like, you know, Kenny G plays soprano saxophone. I'm like, what's a soprano saxophone? Like, you want to fight Jackie Chan? My wife traveled with me tonight, that's great, that's fun. You know, when I travel by myself and I will get home, uh, she will have a meal waiting for me when I hit the door because I don't get to eat that way when I'm on the road. And it's like a very comfort food, like homemade kind of thing. And it's great because she's a wonderful person. If something happens with my flight and it gets delayed and something happens, she has to go to bed, you know, before I'm there, she will wrap it up and have it sitting on the stove waiting for me because she is a better person than I deserve. She will even ask me what I want and I get to pick. And sometimes I get that answer wrong. I don't even have a joke about that. I just like saying and watching all the young guys in the crowd go, what in the world is he talking about? And all the old married guys go, I know what he's saying. Not that. This is the fun part of life for me. This is what I get to enjoy, you know. Life, life happens out there like it does for everybody else. I got a call before I left home from a MasterCard. They said, we need to speak to Mr. Thornsbury. I said, this is he. He said, we called to report some unusual activity on your account. I said, really, what happened? And they said, someone made a payment. <laughs> I'm just glad you guys get that joke. That makes me feel very comfortable. You have restored my faith in Tennessee. Because the last time I was here, I live about seven hours away, and I'm talking to a guy. He goes, are you driving home? I said, yeah. He said, how far of a drive is it? I said, it's about seven hours. He goes, oh, that's okay. It's daylight savings time. You'll pick up an hour. But it's still a seven-hour drive. It's not like at 2 a.m. I'm catapulted 80 miles down the road. It's not the way that works. We had to get the security system because I'm gone all the time, and when my wife travels, we want to make sure our home is protected. And so we got the security system. But it was installed while I was on the road. So when I got back, um, the first night I was in bed, I was like, oh, I forgot to set the security system. And my wife goes, that's okay, we don't need it when you're here. And I said, well, I would like to be protected too, if that's okay. <laughs> she goes, no, but when you're here, I feel safe. And I love the fact that I make her feel that way, but I'm gonna be real honest with you guys. I had a major leg surgery a few years ago. It really hampers my mobility, the way I can move. A year to the day after that, I had a lung surgery and I can't turn from side to side the way most people can. I'm about 30 pounds overweight, which I have no excuse for whatsoever. 
I don't know if you can see the thickness of the glasses that I have on tonight, but these are not worn for cosmetic reasons. And just to add this on there, I'm deaf in my left ear. So if something happens in the middle of the night and I have to go out there, I'm going to stumble out in the kitchen being blind and deaf and fat and crippled. I don't know who she thinks I'm going to be fighting off if I run into somebody. What am I supposed to say? Like, oh, you want to fight Jackie Chan? You guys have been a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me back. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, hey, Chad, welcome back. Thank you. Thank great you. having you. Oh, it's always Thank fun. you for being here. Oh, it's always great. It's By always the way, great. Jackie Chan is out in the parking lot. He'd like to talk to you. I would go out that way. By the way, to see Chad Thornsbury's tour dates and videos, including his two hilarious Dry Bar Comedy specials, if you go to Huckabee.tv, we will connect you to Chad. And believe it or not, we might even have more show for you. I guarantee we do. And there's one person who knows what it's about, Keith Bilbrey. He's about to tell us right now. Well, you stay right where you are. Multi-platinum artist Taya talks to Mike and performs with the Music City Connection next on Huckabee. week for former Democrat Tulsi Gabbard and the voice of the Martyrs Radio host Todd Nettleton. Tonight's musical guest is one of the most popular performers in worship music. As a member of Hillsong United, her hits like the number one four times platinum song Oceans have been streamed over, get this, a billion times. That's right, a billion times. Her debut solo album is simply called Taya. It's a pleasure to welcome to our show for the first time, but I hope not the last time. Please welcome Taya. We're excited that you're here. Your career is on fire right now. You're very kind. You're very kind. It's so lovely to be here. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and I have to say, your band is incredible. I agree with you. I think they're the best. They really are amazing. They are. And you're a part of the band as well. So well, that's I, on you as well. <laughs> I get in on a few things from time to time, and people say, Wow, I didn't know you were that good. I always say, I'm not, but it's my show. I get to play when I want to. <laughs> and I really wanted to play tonight Aww. because this song you're going to do for all my life, mm -hmm. it's uh, from the new album. Yes. And you have said that this is like a testimony of your life. In yes. what way? It's a testimony because um, it's like the scripture says when we, you know, a man plans his steps in his heart, but it's actually the Lord who directs his steps. And I feel like that is the testimony of my life. I've thought I was going to have, you know, all these amazing plans and ways that my life is going to work out. And I don't think any, I don't think any of them have worked out how I thought, you know. Um, but it always ends up being for my better. And um, when we wrote this song, we had just had a, it was a conversation with John Guerra, who produced my record, mm. and um, another really good friend, Hank Bentley. And we had just been talking about my life up until this, like, point and this moment. And, um, 
And as soon as we wrote that chorus, which is based on Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, which is trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I realized this was like my testimony put to melody and um, something that I was so happy to keep singing for the rest of my life if that's how it goes um, because it's something that is just based on the word of God and that has power more than my words alone. So It's such a powerful song and our audience is going to get to hear it in just a few moments. I, I think one of the fascinating things, you talked about some things don't work out. Yeah. You <laughs> auditioned for the Australian version of The Voice. Mm-hmm. I gave it a real good crack. And, and they rejected you. <laughs> What? They, they did, but um, I see it as God's kindness. Again, I thought, you know, I moved out of home when I was 21. I moved to the big city. I was from the country. And I was like, I'm going to make it in music. I want to be a signed recording artist. And I just went back to working in retail because that's what I knew. And I didn't mm. really know how to, you know, I'm more of a worker bee not necessarily like a CEO type, like driving the thing. And I think it was, again, God's kindness for me. Um, I thought I nailed the audition. They loved it. They're like, we'll give you a call in two weeks. And my friend said to me, she said, if you do this, everything will change. And I had this thing that freaked out on the inside. Uh. Um, Classic. We're like, please, God, use me. When he does, we're like, oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, And so then I just said, God, if this is what you want me to do, please open the door. And if it's not, just shut it. I got filled with peace. And my friend said, I'll back you either way this goes. And so then I didn't worry about it. And it was two weeks later that I got the text message from uh, United's producer and guitarist, Michael Guy Chislett, to say, hey, would you come into the studio for the latest United project? Like, I could tell you miracle after miracle. What is so cool, though, is that idea of being on The Voice did not work out. But the next thing you know, you get invited to be part of Hillsong United. (laughs) And a billion streams later, and now your own solo album, I think it's just been the way it's supposed to be. We're so glad that you're here. We're going to make sure that our audience gets to hear this incredible song by Taya. While uh, Taya is getting ready to perform, Keith Bilbrey is going to tell all of you how you can hear more of her terrific music. Write this down because you're going to want to, I promise you. Here's Keith. Just go to Huckabee.tv for links to Taya's recordings, tour information, social media, and more, and to see an exclusive performance of the song Get Away. Now, performing for all my life with Trey Corley and the Music City Connection, here's Taya! Who can I turn to to share the weight when my mind is cluttered and cloudy? Who can I turn to to clear the weight? Who can I turn to?
Turn to 